The Korean Thrive Podcast, episode 83. How to grow your Instagram account with Steph Wallace. If you don't know what your customer likes seeing, if you're already using social media, have a look back over what your popular posts were and what got the most engagement. And that's really going to give you a clear idea of Mm. what you're already doing well that you can do more of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jess Van Den, and this is the Create and Thrive Podcast. A former school teacher, I turned my handmade hobby into a thriving business, and I also teach other creatives how to do the same. My goal is to help you learn how to turn your creative hobby into a thriving, profitable business. So let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Korean Thrive Podcast. It's lovely to be with you again. This week I'm talking to a lovely lady who is a longtime podcast listener and a maker and a Thriver Circle member. And we had uh, a little chat in the circle. She shared her success with growing her Instagram account and I was blown away and sort of said, hey, do you want to come and share what you've sort of managed to do on the show? Because I think a lot of people struggle with growing their Instagram accounts and get a bit stuck. Uh, So that's why Steph is on the show. Before we dive into the interview, how's your week been? I've been great. Been not too busy, but busy enough. It's always a nice combination. (laughs) Preparing for, what am I doing this weekend? I am actually running a workshop with a couple of other yoga teachers, so that'll be fun. And having some mates over for a games and acro yoga night. And yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Maybe doing some other fun active stuff on the weekends. And uh, I've actually just been... Uh, fallen into a new addiction okay so I'm not a gamer right Uh, generally speaking it's not something I've enjoyed much in my adult life I did play a lot of computer games when I was a kid Uh, Nick's a big gamer and he just suggested this particular game which he's like hey it might be something we can play together I'm like sure I'll check it out and I'm totally addicted (laughs) it's called the Elder Scrolls some of you may be familiar with it (laughs) it's very very fun and I'm enjoying um playing that so that's taking a bit of time but it's something we can do together that isn't work so that's a good thing it's a good thing to find those those things uh there's a few of those things you know uh that we we do together it's you know it's difficult when you spend all your time with somebody and work with them and are married to them (laughs) and run a household with them (laughs) you can get into the rut of not actually spending time quality time together doing something fun uh you know date date night sort of stuff so that's something we enjoy. We, there was an old game we, we, that was similar but nowhere near as good that we used to play occasionally, but I wasn't anywhere near as sucked into that one as I am to this one, so it's good fun. So we sit in our separate offices <laughs> with our headphones on, playing together and talking over the computer. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been up to this week in my downtime as well. Oh, and on that topic of um, what it's like to work with your partner – I actually did a interview with uh, the This Handmade Life podcast uh, last week. I think they published it, where I talked with them about this very issue. They interviewed me about what it's like to run a business with your partner, uh, the person you, or someone you live with, uh, and we talked all about that in detail. So if that's something you're curious about, head on over to This Handmade Life and uh, go check out that episode of the podcast. I can't remember what number it is, but you'll see me. I'll be like, just search for Jess Van Den on their blog or on their site and it'll come up and you can have a listen. And uh, yeah, it's fun being sometimes on the other side of the podcast 
being an interviewee instead of an interviewer. So I really enjoyed that. They're awesome, fun to chat to, and uh, that was a great, a great thing to do. So this week we are going to be talking about Instagram. I've got Steph Wallace who from Mostly Miniature. And um, she makes teeny tiny modern dollhouse accessories. Pretty niche, right? And it's working for her. And uh, she has also grown her Instagram account from something like 200, I think it was 280. Uh, she mentions it later in the podcast, 280 in July to over 5,000 now. And it's November as I record this. So that's pretty impressive. And she's sharing exactly how she's done it and the steps she used and how she recommends you go about uh, kind of following that blueprint and doing the same thing. So if you really have been wanting to grow your Instagram account, uh, you know, and create genuine followers, uh, and a genuine community of people who will hopefully turn into customers, this is the episode for you. So we'll get started and I hope you enjoy it. So I'm here with Steph Wallace. Hi, Steph. Hi. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. It's funny talking to you because I've listened to like all of your podcasts and I feel like I know you really well, <laughs> even though we've only just actually, it's the first time we've ever spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. So, you know, we can just chat like friends over coffee. It's good. Although I've just got water. I've already had my coffee. Um, yep. so, <laughs> so before we dive into the content of today, would you mind please introducing yourself, telling everybody what you do? Mm, yeah, sure. Okay. So my name's Steph Wallace. I run, I call it a micro business because it's tiny in lots of ways. It's <laughs> a fairly new business and I make tiny little furniture and accessories for modern dolls houses. So it's super, super niche and really, really random. Um, <laughs> and I sort of fell into it accidentally, but I love it. It's fantastic. It's helped me like feel really connected because you know what it's like when you're working on your own. Mm. Um, it can get a bit isolating. So it's really nice for me that there's a kind of miniatures community out there so it's awesome to feel supported and like you're part of something so yeah I get so much out of my business beyond just you know making money and and, and being super busy um I live in regional Victoria although you can probably tell that I'm not originally from here um <laughs> uh, I'm originally from the UK and I've lived here about 10-ish years mm-hmm. yeah where about so the UK are you from just out of curiosity Oh, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm oh, from nice. Leeds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of those, I haven't been there, but, you know, I've been lots of other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, because your husband's from the UK, he isn't is. he? he is. Yeah. yeah. Southampton yeah. boy. Cool. So there you go. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, haven't been there, but yeah, know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So modern dollhouses, that is pretty niche. And I think oh, yeah. that's yeah. pretty awesome that you, like, you've started a business with such an, an, a, you know, micro niche, as I call it, because... It gives you so much power to... It does. It does. And, you know, not... I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say this because everyone will jump into the niche, but it's not very... There aren't many of us doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been really easy to kind of form those connections and find that space for me mm-hmm. in that niche, yeah. I mean, miniatures in general, there are like thousands of people. It is mm. insane how many people into that stuff. I had no idea. No, I wouldn't um, either. <laughs> But yeah, like, yeah, like people you wouldn't think. Like, I heard on the grapevine that a guy that owns like a local car yard mm. um, who's really successful, he spent $15,000 doing up a doll's house. Like, 
Is well, that Roger? himself. There you go. Rick himself. Yeah. Well, there you go. You never know looking at people, do you? <laughs> what? what dirty secrets they're hiding. Well, <laughs> everyone has their own little things. I mean, when I think miniatures, honestly, I think of like, you know, um, World of Warcrafty type stuff because all oh, my dude yeah. friends are like nerds. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of them have those miniatures and stuff. And like yeah. the idea of dollhouse miniatures never would have entered my consciousness as something that adults <laughs> do. But there you go. No, I know. And I kind of fell into accidentally because um, I was visiting my family. It was, uh, I don't know, like a year and a half ago now Mm. in the UK. And my brother took us to Windsor Castle. And Mm. there's an amazing doll's house on display there. It's like a replica in 12th scale of Buckingham Palace. And like, yeah, it's crazy. And all the tiny things in it are made by like the companies that make them in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) It's like tiny crown jewels that contain like real jewels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, that kind of sparked my interest in it. Yeah. Um, And I guess like a lot of women have that kind of childhood Mm. memory that's really strong. And I guess that that was true for me. Like I played with my doll's house way too long. I was like (laughs) 13 or something when I stopped playing with it. It's a bit embarrassing. (laughs) And are you playing with them again? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And actually most of my customers – say that they're creating a doll's house for their kids but really it's for them you know (laughs) so the furniture that i make is like tiny versions of like contemporary designer furniture so Mm. australian designers like mark tucky who are Mm kind of you know doing this really awesome stuff and i make like tiny little versions of that so a lot you know I get to, like, make my dream home just tiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not that surprising when you think about how the interior design sort of makeover oh. trend is huge mm-hmm. and has been huge, like, the last five, ten years. Huge. So I guess people who can't afford to do it to an, a real house, hey, they can yeah, do it in like a real me. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so you kind of fell into this little micro niche yes. and started yeah. making stuff and then started selling it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, there's a step in between there. I started oh, sharing right. it on Instagram, just oh, you know, okay. with my handful of like friends and family who were <laughs> following me. Yep. Um, and then I used that platform to connect with other makers. So, it's yeah. I guess being a visual contemporary platform, mm-hmm. it was a really good way for me to find inspiration from mm-hmm. other people who were doing a similar things, and then started connecting, connecting with them, sharing tips, sharing what we were doing, and then people just started requesting stuff and before I knew it I was like knee deep in orders from other makers and I was like oh my god how am I gonna find time to do this oh it's like it's yeah totally that's a good way to start a business like but from demand rather than trying to find your customer they found you and that was kind of how it went so that's awesome and -hmm. you started on Instagram so obviously today's chat is about Instagram and how to make Instagram awesome and how to make it work for you because I know a lot of makers are very attached to Instagram and we spend a lot of time on it, but a lot of people yeah. also struggle to actually work out how to grow their audience and, you know, how to grow the right audience. Yeah, and that's the key because I think if you're focused on the numbers, you're not going to – you're not serving anyone because, mm. you know, if you just want to be popular and have loads of people follow you, you can just, like, buy followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can just, like, buy 10,000 robots to follow you. Um, but, yeah, it's all about the right people and connecting with the people that you're going to serve and who mm. are going to actually, like, really get what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So let's just – before we dive in, I want to, like, give everybody a bit of uh, – 
a bit of an idea of how successful you have been in a short period of time, which is why you're on the show. So can you tell us like that first few months, like uh, how your followers have grown, what your revenue has mm-hmm. been, all that sort of stuff? I know you're happy to yeah. share that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think I mentioned 280 followers. It's like ingrained in my brain because that's when I became a bit obsessed. Yeah. Um, so they were just friends and family, you know, like friends of people who lived locally, you know, nobody really into Doll's House stuff whatsoever. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so that grew fairly rapidly and I kind of made it my mission. I was like, I really want to do one platform, do it really well, and just see what's going to happen. So I did a little bit of research, and there's lots of information out there about what you should and shouldn't be doing. So I, like, scoured all these websites and all these freebies Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, put together a little bit of a strategy. So I guess that would have been maybe, like, March that I started actually putting a bit of work in. And it wasn't until the middle of the year when I properly launched my business that I took it seriously yeah so so just oh so, just for those people who might be listening later it's currently november 2016 <laughs> while we're recording this so seth's talking about about july 2016 she kind of really got started yeah yep. that's right yeah that's that's good to know yeah so um currently my followers sit at uh, i think i'm sitting at 5130 something followers wow. Yeah, so it's not like I have, like, hundreds of thousands of people following me. I'm no, like, you know, mega influencer or anything. <laughs> but you're a niche influencer, which is kind of even more powerful, I think, in some ways. Well, it is to me. Yeah, mm. it's it's useful. It's, like, it's, it's real and it's tangible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think the nice thing about not having hundreds of thousands of followers is you feel, like, really connected to the mm, yeah. to people. Like, I know... When someone comments or likes, I know who that person is. I know what their account looks like and I feel like a real connection with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're not just one of those random million people who follow you. Who you yeah. Like I think if you get to like you get to that certain level, there's just too many. Like you can't genuinely <gasps> interact with 100,000 people, I don't think. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how you would, really. No. It'd be your whole you, life you'd be spending. <laughs> yeah. Although, although I have a like a real life friend, not an online friend, who who has like 95,000 followers. Whoa. And she doesn't use it for her business. It's mm. just like sharing personal stuff um and her craft and her farm that she lives on. But she she seems to. And I don't I don't know how. I don't know how she does it. I feel like I need to like pick her brain. Yeah, but, totally. We'll get yeah. her on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So how did what, you do what this? What do I have to say? What do I know? <laughs> no, you know plenty. That's why we're here. <laughs> and so you actually, in your first month of business, made a decent chunk of money. Well, yeah, I mean, it, how many times do you hear that, like, you know, launch a business and make six figures in yeah. 10 seconds by doing nothing? No, no. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> That's so not real life, is it? No, no. really isn't. So yeah, I mean, you say decent chunk of money. It's, it's all it's all comparative. Yeah. But I have had a business before, mm-hmm. and I reckon it took me about a year to make the same amount of money that I made in my first month. That is pretty yeah. awesome. I think so. I was yeah. really excited. I was like doing <laughs> cartwheels and then <laughs> quietly freaking out, like, how am I going to like make all these things and get <laughs> shipped out on time? What have I done? <laughs> But yeah. I mean, having a business, and I, you know, I think this is really important for people to know. If you like, if you're, this is the first business you've ever had, and you have no idea, it's going to take longer. Whereas people who've, you know, if you've done it before, even if you've worked in the business world and you have that background, you you'll probably be able to figure it out faster because you just have that bank of knowledge and experience behind you. 
And, you know, like when I started a ferial, I had no idea what I was doing and it took me years to make really decent money. But then when I started Create and Thrive, I I knew all that, like I knew so much that when I started, I did it right and it was profitable from the get-go for that reason. You know, so that's that's helpful to know, I think, for people, that if it is your first yeah. time, be more patient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, patience is the key, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What is it you always say? Something about running it's, a marathon. It's not a, mar- it's not a yeah. sprint, it's a marathon. Oh, God. <laughs> Even I can't say my own thing. <laughs> I obviously need more coffee. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And I can't run either of those things, so... Um, <laughs> For me, it's like a slow crawl to the finish line. (laughs) So um, there we go. Yeah. So you've, you know, you grew that, that, you know, from 280 Mm. to over 5,000 in a couple of months, which is super awesome. Yeah. And I don't don't take that for granted. Like I still do Mm. a happy dance every time somebody (laughs) follows me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because that's awesome. Like how awesome is it that someone's decided that they want to know what you're doing? I know. Mm. I know. I mean, I'm. I'm an extrovert. You might be able to tell. I kind of picked so, up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so those interactions are really important to me. You know, that's that's yeah. how I keep up the momentum is by having those relationships and, yeah, that, mm. that little happy dance really keeps me motivated on in those kind of stressful times as well. Yeah, yeah and that's I think that's a really good thing, like, for extroverts especially, you know, take advantage of that personality trait and run with it. Um, for those of us who are introverts, it can be a bit more challenging because even though social interactions online can feel draining at times. So if you are an introvert like me, you know, keep that in mind while we go through this and just think how you can make it work for you. Like how can you put limits on that interaction so it doesn't drain you, you know, Mm -hmm. give yourself time limits or, you know, the amount of like five comments a day or 10 comments a day is what you're going to do. And then when you're done, you're done and stuff like that to make sure that it's not going to be something you end up hating because that's really not going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's so not. And, and I, I mean, I can't speak from experience, obviously, but I have seen like a lot of blogs that I follow or podcasters or people that operate in that online space, it seems a lot of them are introverts because mm. they get to like work in their pyjamas, you know, <laughs> online. They don't have to actually kind of have that draining face-to-face stuff it yeah. can be on their own terms exactly yeah. that is exactly why I have an online business and <laughs> that's why a lot of people do it's because you control the interactions so you are know. you in your pajamas is that what um <laughs> it is the morning and I did sleep in this morning because I had yeah okay honestly I am actually <laughs> it's not normal <laughs> I'm usually dressed because I usually get up and do yoga and meditate and stuff and then and get dressed but this morning because last the night before last I was up super late because I couldn't sleep I slept in and yeah I am hello everybody I am in my pajamas I'm so sorry Jess I didn't mean to call you out now <laughs> you can say no I've been up I've done my yoga normally no, that is the truth team. but I can't lie I, yeah, this morning it was in bed with coffee that Nick made me and a book and then I dragged myself out of bed and I was like, Oh, you're so it. lucky. I, I have a toddler. Oh, my God. It's, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very lucky. But, yeah, so, like, I don't have a phone number for my business and that was a deliberate choice <gasps> yeah, because I don't yeah. want to talk to people on the phone. Like, I, I love people. People are wonderful. But I'm an introvert and – when a phone rings and I ha- suddenly have to interact with someone like right that second, it stresses yes. me out. I can so relate to that. <laughs> I like have a total phobia of talking on the phone. I find it so stressful. I, I mean, unless do. it's like, you know, 
a good friend or something. Yeah. But even then, oh, I often, even then. like, let it go to voicemail. Yeah. Just, yeah. My phone's on silent, like, 99% of the Me time. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of people listening, like, yeah, I'm not alone. <laughs> really? <laughs> good. I thought I was the only one. I was like, no. Oh, my God. I'm am terrible. I such a weirdo? I can't even, you know, answer S- the phone. Send me but an SMS, organise a time to talk, and then we'll talk. Oh. Then I can, like, get myself ready for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just send me 25 text messages back and forth. It's fine, too. <laughs> Nick's the total opposite. He's like, stop sending all these texts. Just bloody pick up the phone and have a conversation. Like, it's so much easier. No, no it's so stressful. Oh, <laughs> it's something I – I don't know what it is. It's like you're in your zone and you've got your own stimulus and they are in a completely different zone yes. with other stuff going on and then you're mm. supposed to, like, connect and make sense. And, <laughs> and you're an extrovert oh. saying this. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So bad. yeah. Okay. Something wrong with me. Okay. I think this podcast, if we kept talking, is going to take like hours, which would be fun. But we should probably get back to the topic at hand, (laughs) which is Instagram. Okay. So Steph has a plan. She's laid the plan of how to grow your Instagram account. So let's get started with that. What is the first step in your plan? Okay, I feel like this is probably the first step. If you're already running a business, you've probably already taken it. So you're you're running already so you need to get clear so um when you worked out who your ideal customer was which hopefully you've done you want to get that person in your head so you want to know everything about them you want to know who they are what time they get up what they're doing in their day you want to know what they want to hear from you so if you are already running a business you're probably clear on that and if you're not it's really good to take a bit of time out to think about it and I think don't you have like a a podcast or a workshop or something on figuring out your avatars or what people call yeah, it yeah like um I there's a couple of workshops in the thriver circle mm-hmm. there's so I'm not sure if those are the ones you think there's the like what's your why finding your why and also finding your ideal customer yeah. Um, I can't remember if there's a podcast about that stuff. There is definitely you a podcast. You should know this. Oh, look, I've got like 80 podcasts. Oh, I don't have them all memorized. <laughs> I totally should know this. You know what I will do, though, everybody, <laughs> is that? I'll go look at my podcast list, and if there is one that's relevant, I'll put it in the show notes so that okay. you can go check it out. Right. <laughs> but, Great. yeah, I totally agree. Like getting clear on your business, your niche, your ideal customer, like that is all really important stuff that needs to be done. Absolutely. And, you know, if you if, if you don't know what your customer likes seeing, if you're already using social media, have a look back over what your popular posts were and what got the most engagement. And that's really going to give you a clear idea of mm. what you're already doing well that you can do more of. Yeah. yeah. So that leads me to my next the stage two of the plan, and that's to declutter. So uh, when you follow somebody on Instagram, chances are you stumble across their account um, through a hashtag or somebody else, Mm -hmm. and then you go to look at their account and you're going to see it in a grid format. So you'll see maybe like the past nine, 11 posts that they've put up. So I want you to go to your account and look at that grid and we're going to take stock. So we're going to look at what is already working. We're going to look at um, any posts that are a bit awkward, like they're too mm. personal. You know, I, when I started my account, I it was a personal account. So I was sharing images of, like, my holiday and my kid and, like, the seal that we saw while we were sightseeing, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> stuff that is so not, not relevant <laughs> to my business. Yeah. So when I started taking Instagram seriously, I 
deleted over 300 posts. I was like, get rid of that. That is not relevant. That's yeah. not what my customer needs to see. Get rid of it. Yeah. So, that's a really, I think that's a really important step. And don't freak out. You can save the pictures uh, if you want to keep them. Just yeah. get them off your account. And you know what? They've served their purpose. Instagram mm. is a rolling feed of, you know, what's happening right now. So if you've already posted it and it's people have seen it, it's it's done. That mm. It's served its purpose. It's not going to serve you moving forward. So don't hang on to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Good idea. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've looked at a lot of accounts and th- – a lot of people get a little bit confused on this because they feel like, oh, but I've got to show like behind the scenes or a bit more of me. And that's fine. That's great. But you've got to ask yourself the question, does it does it serve my customer? Is mm. this what I want people to think of my brand? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. That's very important. I think uh, a rule that I like to think of is like I have three kind of spheres of things I might talk about. So like on my ethereal account, for example, I'll share pictures of jewellery. Then I might share like like finished stuff and then mm-hmm. I'll share like behind the scenes in progress stuff. And then mm-hmm. I might share like because our brand is about us as a couple as well, like making Ooh. wedding jewellery for people, I might share a bit of us or whatever. And then I try to stick to that sort of stuff and not kind of go off on a tangent of other random stuff. Um <laughs> Like when we're when we're traveling, I do share travel photos because that's part of our story as a, a brand almost is that, you know, this is our lifestyle and this is what we value and, and who we are and stuff like that. And it's because we're away, so I want to keep the account, <laughs> the account going because sometimes we close for like three months and, yeah. That's a lot of content to plan forward to and schedule. Like that's not that's – not- possible surely no i don't schedule it and plan it forward over much no 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 this is more spontaneous stuff yeah 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 and actually i've looked at your feed in that grid format and something you do really well is like all your images are really bright and light Mm. so good ones to get rid of are any that are dark or grainy or out of focus because at the end of the day it's a visual platform and we're visual people and that's how we we're choosing to engage with it so it's if it's not pretty we'd likely not to follow it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yep. We're shallow like that, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure the images are visually appealing no matter what they are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So stage three of the plan, I, I've kind of actually said most of it already. It's about creating with consistency. So as you move forward, you want to have all those things in your mind. Is it pretty? Does it serve my brand? Does it serve my customer? Um, so every time you're creating new content – you want to have have those things in mind, mm. and and just as like, you know, when you're working on your website, um, you want to put like a picture of your cat on your front page, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, unless you're making cat accessories. <laughs> so yeah, so don't do it on your Instagram because it's just no one cares. Yeah, really, that's yeah. not what they're coming to you for. No, yeah. unless so. part of your brand, like you said, is like your pet is your uh, studio assistant and yeah. you feature them regularly doing cute things in your studio or whatever. Like we've all yeah. got to have those, um, what's the word, those hooks, you know, those little things that make us stand out. So, yeah, yeah. they make you real people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's got to fit. It's got to fit with the story and the brand. So just like when you create images for your Etsy shop or your website, all those photography tips um, that you use for that to get really beautiful, crisp, clear images. You want to put those at work for your Instagram too. And it, it can feel like a lot of work, mm. 
But I take images to share as I create. So as I'm making something, I might just quickly pop outside. I put it on like my daughter's play table next to the <laughs> sand pit, so behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> but it's a beautiful white background and it's great natural light. It's in the shade and I take a few snaps then. So as I'm working, I create and I feel like feeling like they can't, um, you know, make enough imagery and how am I going to get enough stuff to share? And I've heard I've got to share every day. How am I going to do that? But I think like learning your rhythms is really important. So for me, I don't like to schedule. I don't like to create lots of images and have them in my pocket ready to go for a month because it doesn't, doesn't feel authentic to me. It's not how I like to create and it makes my content feel kind of, predictable and rigid mm. and overthought but yep. knowing yourself is is important everyone's yeah. different yeah yeah I know my friend Christina who's been on the show she usually like plans and schedules her Instagram posts like weeks ahead and wow. like has them all taken because that's what works for her yeah so you I wish I could out. be that person <laughs> <laughs> you know I used I do the same like when I'm making stuff or I'm down in the jewelry studio I'll just yeah take a snap of something and um, it's actually harder now because we've because we've moved and my office is upstairs and the jewellery studio is downstairs and Nick makes most of the, like he makes all the rings and stuff. So it's only when I'm making like some earrings or a necklace or I have to stamp a message in a ring or something that I'm actually down there um, yeah. during the making process. Like mm-hmm. I always go down and I, I, you know, I quality control everything and whatnot, but <laughs> <laughs> we always... Okay mental image of you like hanging over his shoulder like that's just not good enough what's going on here <laughs> well you know two eyes uh, two eyes four eyes are better than two so we always you know run everything by each other to to make sure we haven't stuffed something up um Ooh. especially when you've got like 20 orders or something going or 30 orders a week and they're all rings and they're all just like this oh dimension God. and that size and this finish and you have five that look the same and you're like oh god i am so rubbish at that i'm so bad at that it's you, the worst oh my god you have to make sure that you're not saying the wrong thing to the wrong person yeah yeah yeah, yeah so mm. yeah so that used to be a lot easier for me to do when well, it was like in my my it was all in two rooms I was always around it so I have to think about it more now and go oh yeah I've got to go down there and and, and take some photos <laughs> that's right <laughs> I think if you got it kind of in the back of your mind you know you got to do it yeah just think oh that's a good time to to go and do that I'll just pop down and see what's going on yeah. and actually for me my images serve dual purpose like I can kill two birds with one stone because if I'm taking photos of my products as a new products I love developing new products it's mm. so fun um and retiring ones that don't work so well anymore mm-hmm. replacing with new stuff and it means that as, I, as I'm already in the flow of taking mm-hmm. images then I use those images on my website so I use those as maybe like a a bit of a lifestyle shot you know absolutely yeah 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 gosh don't just take like all the photos can be used everywhere you know Mm. like I sometimes I'll just go to my bank of photos my product photos and just put up a product photo that I took like three years ago because yes you know there's nothing wrong with that um so you know use all of the photos everywhere (laughs) yeah and if you've already got beautiful images that you paid someone to take for your website use them yeah Yeah. absolutely keep pulling them out and you know what recycle them because people don't notice oh yeah 
Yeah. You could have shared something like two weeks ago and you share it again and it's like, oh, fresh new content. Nobody notices. And you get, theoretically, hopefully, you should be getting enough new followers that you want them to see that old content too, Mm. you know. They haven't seen it before. Yeah, and especially if it's like your key, like key images, like Mm -hmm. sometimes you will find that you've got a couple of photos that just really work. Something about them is magic. And you can't really put your finger on it. You just know it and other people know it as well. So using those photos m- multiple times is r- actually really powerful because if it, it's magic once, chances are it'll be magic again. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't lose its sparkle, you know? No, mm. that's it. So that's, I think, a really important thing to remember. As you said, you know, <laughs> you, can re- you can use stuff more than once. It's not like you've used it and then it's dead forever. Mm, yeah absolutely yeah and pump it out across all your platforms too Mm. like yeah yeah it's yeah you can use it in so many different ways whether it's on your website or your facebook page or yeah even like oh sorry you go go ahead (laughs) all right (laughs) i was gonna say like i think i mentioned i focus on instagram and try and do that platform really well but i do feed stuff through to my other platforms yeah half-heartedly do them (laughs) (laughs) facebook and twitter and whatnot yeah yeah yeah, and uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, put in, if you have really good Instagram photos, put them in your shop as an additional photo if they're really yeah. good. You know, I think all that. of mine are from Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely. So, I mean, especially, you know, these days, if you're taking photos with your phone, if you have, an, if you have a modern phone, my God, those photos are so good these days. Like, oh, the they quality. so are. Yeah. I mean, actually, the lens on an iPhone is probably better than a lot of point and shoot cameras. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, I, you can have your beautiful big DSLR, but for most of us, we don't carry those around with us. Exactly. <laughs> all the time and it can feel a hassle because you've got to upload it onto your computer and edit it and then get it back to your phone and upload so yeah like modern you know smartphones have great lenses but you do remember to do a few little tweaks to your images because mm-hmm. it's going to make all the difference so remember to tap your screen before you take a photo oh. i have an iphone that's what i have to do yeah to just focus to get it? to focus yeah it. Yeah, so simple, but I think people forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a Samsung and I can actually tap on the screen where I want it to focus yeah. and that takes the photo. So that's nice. Oh, mm. right. Oh, that's a bit fancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then something else I do, I, I bulk edit photos. So I might take like six or seven mm. and I think, oh, that'll do for tomorrow and maybe I can use that one next week. Um, But I edit them all. Mm-hmm. So I think um i put well this is my trick i don't know there's probably a smarter way of doing it but whatever um i put my phone in airplane mode and then i open my images in instagram and i use the instagram editing tools to make a few simple tweaks so Mm. please don't use filters because they're so they're kind of ugly and they're a bit 2011 so that vintage (laughs) look is just just gone that's not what people engage with they want bright clear Lots of white, make those white pops by upping the brightness a bit. Mm. You might want to adjust your shadows, maybe change the saturation. You don't have to, like, you know, do heat. And actually I find, like, I do the same things to most of my images, oh, so yeah. it's really quick. Yeah. yeah, it's the same yeah. consistent. Like, yeah, like you said, turn the brightness up, do this, do that, done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> done. And then when you share, when it's in um, airplane mode, it doesn't go live, but it saves into a folder on your phone. So then Pro when i people, remember that one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so then, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure most people have heard the tip to like share when your audience is yes. actually going to be online. Yep. So my audience are mainly mums uh, in Australia. So for me, that kind of like just after dinner time, sort of kids are in bed is like peak time when people are on their phones, mm-hmm. my audience are on their phones. Yeah. So I have to share around then and that's the time that I'm making dinner and putting my kid to bed and she's whinging and hassling me. So having things ready done, ready mm. to go is like, oh my gosh, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very good, like planning ahead. And this is your next step, which is connect with your ideal audience at mm-hmm. the right time and whatnot. But, yeah, having knowing ahead of time, okay, these are the times I need to share, uh, will I be ready? And even going to the extent, which might sound a bit crazy to some people, but if you need to write a longer comment, oh, sorry, caption, yeah. have it pre-written so you can just post, copy it in, paste it in. Yep. And I have my like core hashtags. Yes. I'll talk more about, but I have those copy saved paste. in a note on my phone. Copy paste. Yeah, I do the and same. And then, and then I tweak my ads. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that does lead me to my next point, which is about connecting with your ideal audience. So now you've made this beautiful feed, you want people to actually see it so that they can <laughs> follow you. So yeah, don't, yeah. don't sit back and wait for people to find you because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you want to actually kind of start conversations and joining conversations so a great way to do that is with hashtags i feel like people get a bit confused by them but i feel like there are two kinds of hashtags the first one i call like a simple hashtag so that's a searchable term that someone would put into the search bar to find you so if you make earrings you might want to put in earrings or silver a a keyword Mm. Basically. A keyword, yeah. yeah. So just like you want Google to find you hmm. on your website, you want someone to be able to find you on Instagram because people do shop on Instagram. Mm. Um, they might search like kids' clothes or cute kids' clothes. So be quite specific and use a few. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean, is it 30 that's the limit? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah, I think it's 30. So use them all. Yeah. And you might <laughs> – and, and and please don't put them like in your caption because it makes it so hard to read. Yeah, do you know when people comments. do that? Yeah, they're like, like, I'm so hashtag blessed. So. <laughs> well, the good thing now is Instagram actually. Well, it's a good and bad thing. They minimise the caption, so you have mm-hmm. to click to read the whole thing, which is frustrating when you want people to read the whole thing, but it yeah. stops people from you know when they have that wall of hashtags on their, bah, 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 their bah. caption. It's not yeah. visible anymore. I so. like space mine down the comments. Yeah. <laughs> down the thing by putting in like full stops yep. you know yeah put oh, and, and, yeah you need to put your most important thing first that yes. reminded me because oh, yes. that's all they're going to see yeah. they might not expand your comment mm. so put the important bit at the beginning yeah there's like two lines of the caption they <laughs> or something yeah so yeah tell them what they need to know first it's like a newspaper like mm, the old days you know, when you were writing for if you were writing for a newspaper it was that pyramid you know you put the first most important stuff first because you never know when your editor's going to cut your article off. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you've done this. Oh, I, I've learned a bit about these sorts of things once upon a time. <laughs> so that's it's a it's a specific writing style. So yeah. So if you've ever wondered why when you read newspapers, it's like they're almost like repeating the story but in a longer form. They it's it's literally what they're doing because yeah, that's how they're taught to write. So do the I, same thing. So write whatever the most important thing is first, and then expand on it further down. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, put your key message in there. Yeah. Mm. Um. So where was I? Oh, yeah. Hashtag. So the next kind of hashtag is like the most valuable hashtag, mm-hmm. and these are the ones that people don't often use. So I call them um like a niche hashtag. Mm. So these are the ones where people are already hanging out. So a hashtag creates a community around it, yes. and there are very specific hashtags that very specific audiences are using to create that community. So if you're running a business, you need to know what your community is already engaging with and you need to go there so Mm. you can get in front of their eyes. So a really good example of use of hashtags is geekery. And I'm not, I'm not a geek, so I'm not a hundred percent down on these, but I, um, I do see that geeks are really, really good at connecting with each other. So let's use an example. So let's say you were um, making soap in the shape of um, a TARDIS. So your audience might be Doctor Who lovers and and you want to get your product in front of them. So um, you might just use the hashtags Doctor Who and TARDIS, which is great because people might actively search for that those things. Mm-hmm. But there are whole communities that people are uh, already connecting with and they're a bit more in depth. So they're the things that you would only know if you watch the show and you really care. Um, so I think one of them might be like crying angels or Hoovian. <laughs> the weeping yep. angels. Thank you very much. Yeah. I went to the Doctor Who experience when I was in Cardiff. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> well, you would know more about this than me then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm fairly new to it, but I, like, resisted it for a really long time. I was like, oh, God. And then I just happened to catch it, like, one night. And then I, like, binge-watched every single season. So, yeah. Who's your favourite Doctor so far, then, I have to ask? Oh. Where are you up to, though? Who's who's the Doctor that you're up to? Oh, I'm I'm up to the – I'm totally up to date. Oh, right. Oh, all right. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a favourite. Do you know what happens? I feel like you get a new one and you're like, oh, he's not as good as the old one. Yeah. But then you grow to love them. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I have the same issue because I was like all about the David Tennant and then I loved Matt Smith so much. Oh, yeah. Do you, but he's pretty cute, so it's easy to like him. <laughs> so is David Tennant. It's <laughs> not my type. It's not my type. <laughs> And then we've got Capaldi, and I'm like, this is a totally different dynamic, but he's also oh, yes. super awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. I can't pick a favourite either. Mm. And I watched it as a kid, so I have those, like, fond memories of the old Doctors too, oh, you know? Yeah, Tom Baker. He was my doctor when yeah. I was a little kid. Uh, mm. Tangent. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> doctor Who fans, who's your favourite Doctor Who? I would like to know. <laughs> I'll put that on the on the show, show notes. Question. Who's your favourite Doctor? Okay. So, yeah, okay. like... Weeping Angels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I think we covered that. So, yeah. Uh, moving on. Where were we? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously, that's a very specific example. And your audience is going to be different well, depending on what you, you do. But a really good way to find them is if you use the search bar on Instagram and you put in something you come up with that you think might fit the bill, it will give you suggestions. Mm. It will say, you know, underneath it will list like three or four different ones across the top. So click those and see who's using them. See if you can find your ideal audience and get your um, 
get your content in front of their eyes and you can be a bit sneaky and do a bit of sleuthing Mm -hmm. and if you know a brand that's already got the audience that you would love to have Mm -hmm. go and see what they're using and steal them (laughs) and experiment and and see see if it works for you yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah those are all really great tips so because i think hashtags they're one of those things that people just really don't understand when they start and they get really frustrated and flummoxed about it and don't quite know what to do with them and so you've given a few really really specific useful tips about why what they are why they're important and how to find the right ones and i used to think they're just annoying and for hipsters but no they're very useful (laughs) for your business yeah (laughs) absolutely so connect with the right people here's some tips on how to do it awesome Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and then once you've found those people this is when you want to like give them some love because um people are going to engage with your account if you engage with them Mm -hmm. so you don't just want to like put it out there into the world and sit back and like pat yourself on the back when the comments and the likes come in or people start following you you really want to like um form a community with these people give them good customer service because at the end of the day that's what you'd like them to be you'd like them Mm. to become your customers so treat them like that from the beginning if someone takes the time out of your their day to comment on your photo say thank you like Mm. it doesn't you don't have to write an essay in return send them an emoji if you you can't think of anything (laughs) to say yeah you know recognize recognize that yeah Yeah. people like to be acknowledged yes they do and at the end of the day it's it's a social media platform Mm. so you've got to be social if you want to make it work for you yeah yeah and Mm. work out how you can do that in a way that's authentic to you definitely yeah 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 that's right if it doesn't feel real for you then you're doing something wrong yeah Yeah. and Mm. and i think that's an important point generally about marketing and social media is you've got to find i always talk about the sweet spot like connecting your you with your audience in the place that's right for both of you Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's right for both of you Mm. so you know experiment you know, if Instagram doesn't feel right for you, try something else. Try Facebook, try Twitter, try, yeah. I don't know, what are all the modern ones? <laughs> 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 what are all the new kids on the block? I mean, the problem <laughs> is that, like Snapchat, I, like I've never oh. used that. I have no idea. That makes my head hurt. No, it just seems too much. Um, mm. I mean, Instagram now has the whole stories feature, which they've basically stolen from Snapchat. Um, yeah, that's so cheeky. Um, <laughs> so you can use that as well if if that's comfortable for you and you think that's going to work well. Uh, the nice thing about stories is they disappear. So even if it's not, you know, the best content yeah. ever, it won't be there tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Um, I but- did hear a really good tip about using stories. Mm. Like it's it's not Snapchat. So on Snapchat, you were like, it was all about being goofy and right. you know doing silly stuff. But um, yeah, if you if you're doing this as a brand, yeah, you maybe don't want to. I don't know. Yeah, you maybe want to be a bit considered in what you're sharing there. Oh, yeah. I, I'm still struggling with it a bit. I'm still learning it because, I don't know, the video content thing doesn't feel easy for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not, and that's cool. Like, you don't have to do it. That's the thing. You know, you got to find what works for you. Some people are really comfortable with that and they really enjoy it and other people don't. And, mm. you know, there's a big – I think there's a big push in marketing at the moment for like webinars and live videos and video, video, video. And like, I've never done a webinar. Um, I do videos very, like, I mean, I do videos for my workshops for the Thriver Circle every month and that's fine. I'm Mm. comfortable because I'm comfortable with that community. I know those people, Mm -hmm. they're my people. I'm happy to do that. But 
it's different to putting out a live video that like I tried um what was it um periscope that w- you know oh, yeah. um, that was kind of super scary but yeah. fun but it didn't work for me because it just wasn't the right fit so you've got to find what the right fit is and like the stories yeah. it's the same thing you can do a little video but I've seen people doing really weird stuff with stories. Like, you know, their Instagram <laughs> accounts are really great, but then they do these random behind the scenes things yes. that don't really relate. And you're like, yes. why are you bothering to share this? I, I'm not interested. Like, it, it yes. makes no sense. So, that's right. Don't just do it because it's there, is I guess what I'm getting to. Getting yeah, to. yeah. And even bigger picture, like, don't just do Instagram because you feel like you have to. Oh, yeah. I know it's kind of trendy at the moment and everyone's banging on about it, but if it doesn't work for you, don't waste your time. No, Go find, find something, something else. else that does. Yeah. yeah. It serves you better and serves your audience better. Like, don't keep flogging a dead horse feeling like a failure because, mm. you know, my audience happens to be there and that's why I use it. Yeah. But if your audience isn't there, you just, just, it's just not worth your energy. <laughs> yeah, it's right. And you, there's only so much, you know, time you have to invest in your business. So you have to mm. invest it wisely in the right places at the right times for you and oh, yeah. you know i am I'm, I'm very big on if you're creating a business to make your life more enjoyable or you know in the long run or whatever it might mm-hmm. be there may be things you don't ha- you don't want to do that you have to do but try to minimize them like try to find the ways to do things that you enjoy while they are you know and the, and that work for your business Absolutely. I am like nodding away, like really emphatically right now. Yeah. So I mentioned I have a toddler. She's just turned two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had kids a bit later in life. So I've enjoyed a lot of freedom. And now I'm almost like resenting <laughs> that I don't have any. But the one thing I've noticed is like, nothing makes you more productive than time without your kid. Yeah. Like, I am a machine. I used to waste days faffing around, like making sure everything was perfect so I could be creative. And now I'm like a machine. I'm like smashing it out. But Instagram works really well with my day because I have like a kid that wants cuddling like all the time. So I can like cuddle her on the couch while she's looking through a book. And with the other hand, I'm such a good parent. With the other hand, I can just check in on my Instagram community and just see if anyone's commented and if I need to kind of, you know, do that. It's like a small snippet of time that I can commit to that yeah i can't commit a webinar because there'd be a child on my lap yeah but i can commit like five minutes of time on my instagram account yeah exactly that works and that's perfect Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. always talk because I don't have kids, obviously. Um, I always talk about like finding the dead time in your day. Like if you're waiting in a, in a line somewhere or sitting on the loo. Or... <laughs> don't recommend that one. <laughs> no, sorry, that's a blokes. That's a bloke one. <laughs> uh, but what you know, those little snippets of time that otherwise you'd kind of just be standing there staring to space or whatever. That's yeah. perfect for like Instagram or social media because you don't need to commit a lot of time or brain space to it. So yeah, find those little those little times. Um, you know, while you if you're cooking something and you're standing there and it's got to like boil for five minutes. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, most of us are on our phones then anyway. We're yeah, just exactly. kind of scrolling. So yes. if you can do something productive, then bonus. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Okay, so. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about connecting with your audience, and I think the next step you've kind of covered as well is nurturing your community. Absolutely, because, I mean, yeah, yeah, nurture, nurture, nurture. Show them as much love as you can. And you know what? It's going to really pay off not only in helping you convert those people into customers but it's going to help you create content mm. so something that i like to do is share my followers 
um, followers content. So I really encourage my customers to um, post images of mm. the products they've bought from me. So usually they buy them and they, they're doing a doll's house renovation and they put them in and then they take a photo. So that's what my, my audience likes to see. They respond best to these beautifully styled images of gorgeous dolls houses that just make them feel gooey inside. Mm -hmm. And then they're inspired to buy those products from me to recreate that experience in their life. So I can't do that all day. I can't set up these gorgeous things because it takes time and that I don't have, but I can share my audience's images of that. And not only does it um, create content for me, it makes them feel really appreciate it it makes them feel like yeah. they're part of what i'm doing and helps connect them with other people so it's, it, yeah it's, it's really win-win do it as much as you can like obviously if the images are aren't great mm. eh, unless you can like do a bit of magic editing then <laughs> you know, done that before today yeah yeah <laughs> brightness yes. all the way up yes. sharp a bit yeah because yeah. i love doing that i love sharing customer photos as well but unfortunately yeah. Sometimes your customers aren't the best photographers, so it can, it's kind of a balancing game of is this photo good enough, mm-hmm. you know, to fit with the rest of my account, you know, and yeah. not, not um, clash. Absolutely. So yeah. you have to yeah. think about that. Yeah. It's got to have flow. Yeah. And I have been – like I do that decluttering process fairly regularly, so mm. I might do a bit of housekeeping weekly. Like if I've shared something and in hindsight it just doesn't work, I get rid of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it served its purpose and get get rid of it. Yeah. But I think if I, like, I mean, I don't just share my customers' images. I share, like, random people's images within my community. Right, yeah. So there might be other makers out there or other people doing awesome stuff, and I have a few key hashtags for my niche that helps me find those people, mm-hmm. and I'll share those images because um, – yeah, it's it's kind of building that commute sense of community. It's creating content for me. And often that person is, like, really thankful, yeah. you know, feels like it's a generous thing to do and that helps and them think maybe in future they might share my content with their audience too. Yeah, so let's just yeah. talk on that because people sometimes freak out and go, oh, what's the etiquette about sharing other people's images? Uh-huh. So my yeah. personal perspective is if they've shared it on a public account, mm-hmm. it's it's public and mm-hmm. so it's ha- it's fine for me to reshare it on my account as long as I tag them yeah, so that they know that I've done it and I give them credit. Yeah, absolutely. You, d- you don't want to be pretending like it's your photo. Oh, no. <laughs> sure. No. no. <laughs> but I think, like, uh, yeah, there's a bit of people have different ways of, of mm. giving credit. So some people, like, tag them in the photo, like, literally, like, create a tag. Yeah. But I think you've got to say, you've got to say in your comment, this oh, yeah. Yeah. thing by such and such is really beautiful. Yeah, whatever. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to make it blatantly obvious that it's not your photo yeah. and who it belongs but, to. Because people don't actually read, though. Like, no. you'd be surprised how many people would be like, oh, that's so gorgeous. Where can I buy it from yeah. you? Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't do that. <laughs> Go ask them. <laughs> But then you can just, yeah, you can you can deal with that in the conversation as well. And like you said, like, I can't think, like, occasionally – oh, and the other thing to do is check their um, their mm-hmm. Instagram profile because occasionally, like, especially photographers are very um, – Protective. Protective, yeah. yeah. So they will – Yeah, and they'll if they say don't want you to sh- like, yeah, please they'll, don't share without asking. Yeah, and they'll tell you that. So if they don't say that, I think it's fair game. Mm. 
So, I agree. Like yeah. it's a sharing platform mm. and really you're helping somebody by um, putting their content in front of your audience. Yeah, but please don't use one of those like regramming apps that put a little oh, thing on the photo because yeah. that looks awful. Doesn't look great, does it? I, no. I have to fess up that I used to use them because mm. then it, especially through lots of tags in the images because right. it kept all that intact. Yeah. But now I just do it manually because, yeah, it looks like crap. <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah I have like another app. It's called like Insta Downloader or something. I don't know. And oh. you just you you because when you're on Instagram, you can tap and get the URL of the photo, and you just put that in the app, and it downloads the photo to your phone, and then you can just yeah. re-upload it to your Instagram. And that's how I do Clever. it. Yeah, Clever. and then it's a nice clean photo. And because like I've I've done like Instagram challenges, like on my Create and Fiber account, where you have to like make um, mosaics of multiple photos and stuff. So that's yeah. the easier way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm lazy. I just screenshot it. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have like, oh, I always stuff up screenshots. So I don't know. I, I used what? to do. How can you stuff well, up? I, this was back in the day when I didn't realize that you, like on a Samsung, you press two buttons at the same time to do a screenshot. Yeah. I only knew the way, which was swiping your hand across the screen. And oh. so it would often like you'd swipe it across and you touch it and then it'd go elsewhere and yeah i learned i learned yeah. i've learned <laughs> now i know how to do it properly <laughs> and so does everybody else yeah 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 Good work. Yeah. Uh, see we're not perfect though you know, no, we don't know every everything day's, every day's a school day that's right mm-hmm. uh, well uh, uh, maybe not if you hated school but i love school so that was fine um <laughs> <laughs> i love learning learning is great yeah i'm a bit a addicted to learning yeah, yeah. And I think you have to be, if you want to have a successful business, you got to like learning and you got to like trying new things and experimenting because otherwise. So do. Yeah. And I feel like, like I mentioned before, I had another business, which I started in 2010 and Mm. oh my gosh, things are different now. Mm. I had no idea. Like things are so different. So when I knew I started, knew I was going to start a business, I was just like binge, binging (laughs) on learning, like just sucking it up with a straw because you got to, you got to, no one else is going to do it for you. (laughs) No, absolutely. And you got, you're right. You do have to kind of, you have to continue learning because things change and the ways that worked 10 years ago, probably a lot of them won't work now. Absolutely. You know, the internet's only like 25 years old yet. It's so freaking important to every aspect of our lives that, you know, (laughs) <laughs> what's going to be happening in another 25 years goodness knows where we're going oh. to be so you have to stay up with it um i know and it can feel overwhelming can't it, it can. but, yeah absolutely. you know you just sort of keep chipping away yeah yeah, yeah do a little bit every day and do and don't mm. i think it's like when i started i was kind of like you said learning everything all the time and then you mm-hmm. over time you realize what really matters and yes. you start you start narrowing down on the stuff that you do like you go okay well i'm not instead of posting to five different social media every day i'm kind of like let's just do three and then let's just do yeah. one well and then maybe like you said cross post to other ones and check in on them or whatever but yeah. you know there's only so much you can do so don't beat yourself up for not being able to do everything all the time <laughs> yeah that's what I, yeah it is and i'm i'm kind of like my downfall is i'm really good at actioning stuff which might like sound good but when you're learning something new if you're just listening to a podcast while you make like i do mm. you just want to like jump on and action everything you just learned but I, I, yeah, I've learned to pull myself back, do a bit of like full on writing in my notebook so I contain all that information and action it later. Cause yeah, you can just get caught up in jumping from one thing to yes. another and not really being strategic in that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. All right. That was yeah. a, good, a good segue. Um, side note, whatever. Uh, collaborate is the next yeah. step. Yeah. So, so we talked about, we talked about, you know, fostering that sense of community mm. and a really good way of using that sense of community to grow your audience is by collaborating with other users. Mm. So as a general rule of thumb, they, I would suggest that if you can find other users that complement your business but don't do exactly the same thing, then that would be – they would be great people to work with. But I'm like I've broken my own rule because I do work directly <laughs> with other makers that do exactly the same thing as me, but there are only a few of us. Yeah. So we've kind of strategically decided to combine our efforts to grow – the audience to our niche as a whole. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if you're working in a in a niche that has like lots of people doing it, so let's say you make headbands or I don't know, children's hair accessories or bags, yeah. you probably don't want to work with somebody who's doing the same thing as you. You might yeah. want to work with somebody who creates the um, amazing clothing that your bag would look great with. Exactly accessories that would complement that that mm -hmm. kind of thing you yeah. are reading my mind yeah that's exactly what yeah. i say um complementary not competitive yeah is yeah. what you want to look for mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and yeah that, it, you can all cross promote each other and it's you know mm -hmm. your audience will you know chances are if you're smart about it your audience will like what they like and the vice versa yep. So, yeah. yeah, and you can do that in really simple ways. You, you could just share their content. That's mm. a really good way to do it. Or you could do something that's more involved but is probably going to boost your following a lot quicker. So giveaways are a classic example of that. Mm -hmm. By doing a group giveaway, you're going to be sharing that giveaway across everybody's audience um, and you can see your, your following grow quite quickly. Mm. So that's worked quite well for me. I think in like – yeah, I did a giveaway that lasted four days. This is my, so my first group collaborative giveaway. And within like that first day, I think I got, for, we all got about 500 new followers. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So at the time I had like a thousand followers. So that was huge mm, to me. Yeah. Um, but some of the other people in the group had like, 3,000 followers. So, yeah, I, I suggest working with someone who's not like miles and miles ahead of you. Yeah. But a balance of people who have a few more, have a few less, who who, who are going to get something equally good out of it. It's yeah, yeah, it's good for everyone. Yes, yeah. yeah, You don't want to be working with like the superstar when you're just starting out because, well, chances are they they will they be like, want to work thanks, with you. Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's fair enough. Like, if you're going to be collaborating, everybody has to win out of it. Um, so you know, someone with a hundred followers versus someone with a hundred thousand, the person with a hundred thousand isn't really going to get any benefit out of it. So the work mm -hmm. that goes into it is not really worth mm. the benefit so that's fair enough i think so yeah. yeah look for people who are on a similar level to you uh gift guides are another good idea mm. so like especially you know christmas is this time of year look for people you can do a collaborative gift guide or for other holidays that would be appropriate for your um items yeah. um and that's really easy like just you all can't get together make all make a blog post with all of your stuff and then all share each other's instagram photos on instagram or whatever um yeah, yeah so Great. That's another thing to do. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I, th I think like I, at the over overreaching thing for me has been I think my following grows because of community and collaboration. So that mm. underwrites everything that I do on Instagram is about engaging, connecting, forming relationships. And that actually 
for me is the thing that leads to sales mm. so the next step the next tier in my strategy is converting those followers into sales and the core of it is like being nice to people <laughs> yeah that's quite important <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when people feel like they know and like you they are much more likely to buy from you and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so i mean you can spend a lot of time and energy getting people on an email list through other platforms Mm -hmm. and then often like in another business model you might then start forming a relationship with them and then start building a sense of trust but for me my followers and my customers and people on my mailing list have already formed that Instagram that that relationship with me on Instagram and then lead into other channels Mm -hmm. yeah so they already got yeah, the work is done. They feel yeah. like they know who I am and that they're happy to engage with me and and, and happy to have me in their inbox. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And that's important. You know, there's, we get so many emails and whatnot. We have to have that relationship or give people something of value in whatever Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't underestimate the value of a relationship. It mm. doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't have to be a freebie. It, that relationship is really what people are seeking, I think. Yeah. So how do you how do you convert to sales? Like, what are your strategies for that? Uh, well, doing all the above that was spoken about, but also being really, really clear in my messaging. So, so you might spend a lot of time building your audience and giving them what they want to see and nurturing all that, and then sometimes people f- miss the step by making clear what it is they're actually selling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you can look at an account and you're like, I don't know what this person like does. They say they're, I know, they say they're a bag maker, but I can't actually see any images of like their thing or I can't pick it out easily. So yeah, we talked about that, that bit of your caption, how your caption is going to be truncated. Mm. Is that how you say that? Truncated? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Good. I don't think that's uh, how I said it, but it is correct terminology. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to check in. Like, my English pronunciation gets picked up a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Gets hold off for it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're English. How can people tell you off? Tell you to do it right. Because <laughs> uh, I say yogurt. You okay. Oh, no. Don't start on that. I've <laughs> only <laughs> now, finally, after all these years, got Nick to say yogurt. <laughs> like holding on to it oh my gosh it's like it's a bugbear word we have a couple of those that we fight about like what's the proper pronunciation i'm like dude when you're in australia you say it the australian way when we're in england i'll happily say it the english way yeah yeah like cashews that's how i say it as an english person the nut cashew and my friends like oh it sounds like you're sneezing oh wow no nick says cashews so there you go see See, that's the weird thing about england you guys have so many regional dialects it's crazy yeah like five minutes down the road, you speak yeah, completely different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, another tangent. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, truncated. making money. That's yes. where we were. Yes. Okay. So when you are ready to sell to your audience, which you're, you're going to be doing the whole time, whether you know it or not, you're going to be building a brand, you're going to be building a sense of trust. And then don't forget to put in the occasional post that is like, salesy like yes. don't be embarrassed don't be ashamed like ask be proud of what sale. you do ask for the sale yep. yeah absolutely and you feel like you're self-promoting or something but people don't feel that way if they like you and trust you they're actually happy to see what you're doing and support you yeah. and 
take that click through and see if there's something that they like. So if you're doing, if you're launching some products or you're, uh, you've got a sale on or you're doing a special free shipping, whatever, make sure you tell your community about it because they are the people that care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going to click through, <laughs> but you need to be really, really clear. So say in your caption, this is what this thing is. This is where you can find it. This is how much it is. And this is why it's awesome. Like, lay it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be you want to use our mind readers, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And I think people be can be way too coy. They're like, yeah. oh, so there's this thing and whatnot. Yeah. It's in my shop or whatever, you know, like, yeah. well, not even that. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to make the ask. And you have yeah. to. You're in business. That's what you're trying to do is make money. You're not just trying to make friends. Um, I think it can be a cultural thing. Like some, mm. I feel like some cultures are better at doing this than others. Oh, yeah. And some of us have been taught, like, you know, it's wrong to big note yourself. You oh, know? Australians are terrible. We have a full <sighs> poppy syndrome like you wouldn't believe. Like we can't say we're awesome because then we, we're up ourselves. Um, yeah. Americans but don't seem Brits. to have that issue. Oh, the Britain. Oh, God, the English are even worse. They yeah. just don't say We just don't say what we mean. We just no. like everything is between the lines. Oh, have you seen that thing? I think it was on BuzzFeed. It was like what an English person says and what they really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up when I read that. Nick, Nick said it to me and I'm like, oh, this is so true. Oh, oh, I'm fine. I'm not fine. <laughs> That's fine. It's not fine. I'll see you later. I never want to see you again. Yeah, anyway, whatever. <laughs> All those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're right. It's a, It can be really difficult if your culture has said don't say that you're good or don't, you know, you, you've got to downplay yourself or, you know, this is bad, selling is bad. Yeah. And, and that kind of, I think, um, I think women as well, um, it's that whole, you know, be nice, don't, don't, you know, put yourself out there all that sort of rubbish um, that has been yeah. going on for thousands of years, you know, just do it. You know, you've got to get over that and you've got to say, you've got to believe in yourself. You really have to believe in yourself because yeah. no, other people will not believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to be arrogant or what, you know, there's, there's, there's a line and you have to figure out what works for you and be be, you know, step in my, one of my yoga teachers is like, step into your power, you know, like you have to own it and, and just run with it. Yeah. And I heard again about that women thing. I heard something recently that made total sense to me that, you know, um, often we don't have really great, um, role models when it comes to money and selling things because we've only in a lot of cultures, we've only been able to own our own money for like a few generations. So we're still learning. Like, crazy. don't beat yourself up about it. But if you got, I have money, bought money issues all the time. Mm. I'm constantly working on that abundance mindset all the mm. time. But if you're in business, you're there to sell something. So, like, don't be ashamed of that. Like, own that and be proud yeah. of that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people, you can't make anyone buy your stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not for, you're not twisting their arm. You're not brainwashing no. them. You're, you know, you're not forcing something upon them that they don't want. You're just making an offer. And if they choose to accept that offer, then that's their choice. Yeah. Hey, and another thing is, like, don't just offer it once. Oh, no. You know, you know, like, when you have guests come over to your house, you're not going to, like, offer them a coffee when they arrive and then, like, never, like, 
suggest that they have something ever again. You know what I mean? Yes. You're going to be like, oh, we chatted for uh, half an hour. Are you ready for another one? Or would you like something to eat? It's like that. Like, keep offering because mm. people, are, people aren't like, um, you know, they're not like sitting there waiting for your post. No. <laughs> so chances are if you've put that call to action out there once, you need to do it again because they probably missed it. Like mm. half your audience yeah. probably bathing the kids and the other half were probably like crying, drinking wine and <laughs> eating chocolate in front of Netflix. Like, <laughs> you know, everyone's got their own stuff going on. It's yeah. not all about you. So just because you put it out there once doesn't mean you can't put it out again. So especially exactly. if you're like launching a new range or you're getting ready to launch your business or you just really want to boost your sales because it's been a slow month, put it out there, put it out there. Just be friendly and kind and authentic about it. And if you have nurtured that audience so that they are the people, the right people for you, then they'll engage and they'll be happy to see it. They're yeah. not going to be like, oh, just shut up already. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, thanks for the reminder. I was really busy when I saw that before and it just slipped my mind yeah. to check it out. And that is literally true. Like I just want to reinforce that because um, like for, for me, you know, uh, one example is my Thriver Circle membership. Um, I only offer four times a year and I literally have people emailing me, when is it open again? And I've so many times, because when, because it's only a 48 hour window. So I, I market the heck out of it. Like in that 48 hour window, I send like eight emails. I put it post on social media every few hours over and over again mm -hmm. and you, you totally feel like you're a broken record and you feel like you're annoying people and you might be annoying a very very few amount of people mm -hmm. and they'll leave and that's fine they're not your target customer anyway and so many times people have gone oh thank goodness you put that post up I, t I was gonna sign up and I just totally forgotten about it because well, I was busy and it just reminded mm -hmm. me and it really yeah people are actually thankful that you're yeah. reminding them because it's something they want yeah, listen, I have proof of that pudding because I've just joined your Thriver Circle the last time it was open. But I've been listening to your podcast for like a while. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you put out those emails, I'm like, oh, it might not be the right time for me now. Oh, I just, you know, I don't know. But it's not like because I didn't respond once, you stopped telling me about it. No. I think it's like the third time you've opened up the circle <laughs> that I see joined it i was like mm. oh yeah i'm ready now yeah i've got the time to give to this and i think i'm ready to get something out of it so mm. it's all about timing you just yeah, gotta it really gotta is. be there all the time <laughs> yeah and you've got to be making the offer regularly and mm. just be there and make it an option for people and they'll mm -hmm. take it when they're ready they will absolutely i just remembered something okay so mm. if you're gonna like direct somebody where to buy something make sure that you've got a link on your Instagram bio for them to like yes. actually find you because you can tell them to do whatever, but it's actually really hard to get someone to leave the platform that they're on. Mm. There are like stats around that. If yeah. you're on Facebook, you want to stay there. If you want Instagram on Instagram, you generally want to stay there. You have to be pretty motivated to click through a link. If you put a link in your caption, someone's got to like copy and paste that with oh, a yeah. little fiddly Too thing on work. the screen. Too much work. <laughs> so make it easy. Yeah, and I generally keep my link the same, mm. just generally to my web shop. Um, but I do see that people update them like they're super specific. Yep. If they've got a, a launching a certain product, the link goes directly to that product. Yeah. 
Yeah. I do that sometimes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like you want to change it up if you can because you want to like make it easy. If there's a specific yes. thing you're trying to get people to buy yeah. that day, make the, that the link because then they can just click on it and go there and it makes it yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. much make easier. It e- as easy as it possibly can be for your yeah. customer. Don't make them work. Minimize the Minimize the hurdles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Very important. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you have any more tips on the whole converting? Yeah, I've just got, I've just got like one last thing I want to talk about, mm. and it, it feels like a bit of an add-on, um, but I feel like it's the key, the absolute key for me in Ooh. growing my audience. Okay. Um, so, um, I didn't just sit there with like this perfect account waiting for people to, you know, stumble across Build my it hashtags. And they will not or, come. Yeah. No, they really won't. <laughs> <laughs> I went looking for them. Like yeah. I stalked my ideal customer like you would not believe. I was like so creepy about it, but it really paid off. Okay, so um in my niche, it's quite easy to find people doing doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So I know that my ideal customer is at a certain stage of their doll's house renovation. Mm-hmm. So if I can find somebody that's just got inspired and has just opened an Instagram account to share the beautiful images of them working on this doll's house for their kid for Christmas, mm-hmm. let's say, they're going to be that they're at their ideal time for me to try and sell stuff to them. Yeah. Because they're probably going to be a repeat customer. That right at the beginning, they're going to buy a few things, see if they like them, try them out, and then they usually come back for more. And then if I'm really lucky, they're hooked and they do like 10 more projects. Um, so I go and find them by using my specific hashtags of like Doll's House Reno, Doll's House Renovation. I use the American term, I, mm-hmm. which is Doll House. Like I go out there and I find people I haven't yet connected with and I go and say hello. And I'm really authentic and genuine about it. Like I'm not sleazy. Like yeah. come check out my page. I look oh, like a God, spam bot. No. <laughs> I'm like. Oh, hello. This is who I am, and yep. this is what I do. And your account's really lovely. And I don't like say things that I don't mean. Yeah. But if there's something I can compliment them on, I do. Mm. And if I make a relationship out of it, then that's really awesome. And chances are, I do. Chances are, they come over and they follow. And chances are, they share my images as inspiration, and their community sees that too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a very, very good point. Now. I know yes. a lot of people will be thinking, doesn't this take a lot of time? Oh, well, yeah, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, okay, I'm going to rephrase that. For me, it's worth it. Yeah. Like, I don't think we quantified earlier on, but when I launched my business, I reckon I had like 1,500 followers on Instagram and then I opened my – it was an Etsy shop I went with first just because mm-hmm. it was easy. Yeah. When I opened that, I made like – just over $1,500 of sales in that first month. And all of those people had come through from Instagram. And mm-hmm. and that's still true now. I mean, I've had a bit of growth, mm-hmm. not like heaps and heaps. I'm not like making a gazillion dollars or anything, but pretty much all of my leads come through Instagram. So for me, it's worth it because I get the sale. I also encourage those people to sign up to my mailing list. So that's grown really healthily too. Yep. Um, so... And, but, and it doesn't cost me anything. It, mm. it takes time, but I, I don't have to pay for Facebook ads or, yep. you know, print advertising. Like, it it has paid off for me, like, dividends. It's amazing. 
that's awesome. And yeah, you have to spend time or money growing your business. There's yeah. no way around it. You've got to do one or the other. So you've got to go with what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't have the money, and most of us don't, let's be honest. <laughs> ah, we're all popo. That's why we're here. <laughs> we don't, you know, we're not a big business that can spend thousands or a hundred thousands or millions of dollars on advertising in fancy magazines. We need to spend time. So finding the place where you can spend your time most effectively that gives you the best return is yes. what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. And Nailed Instagram it. is your place. And I'm sure it's the place for a lot of our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. I I think particularly because handmade businesses, we're usually quite visual people anyway. Like that's, you know, we're the sort of people that just get like lost in Pinterest forever. Um, (laughs) So dangerous, yes. (laughs) So dangerous, yeah. (laughs) Just don't open it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so having that that way of like visually representing our business feels very natural anyway. So I think you're right, absolutely. Wow, that was an epic and awesome chat. That's fantastic. Man, we covered so much and I think there's so much value in this episode. Um, Thank you for coming on and sharing your experience. Listening to me jabber on. Oh, actually, I do have, if, if, like that was just way too much and overwhelming. I do have, <laughs> I do have a document. I, I call it like a mini course. Mm. So I have a fair, a bit more of like a, an in-depth look at all this, where it's laid out nice and clearly, and it's um, downloadable for free for for thrivers, actually for anybody. And and that just Yay. gives you like a reference, so you can just check back on it and go through it at your own pace, because you might only tick off one of those actions like in a month, and that's cool, because every step is a step forward. Forward. yeah um yeah don't beat yourself up about like not having 10 million followers in a week no mm. so where can people find that uh okay well <laughs> i have a, a link that if you don't mind putting the show notes no i'll put in the show notes cool yeah cool and then they you can just hop over there and if you pop your email address in i'll send you the document it's called the instagram makeover for handmade handmade businesses yes and it's very yeah. useful i've read it uh and yeah it's uh, steph's business is mostly miniature Mm-hmm. And that is where you can find her, mostlyminiature.com. And, of course, on Instagram at yeah. mostlyminiature. That's it. Same handle. I'll be there hanging out, like waiting for your comment so I can feel validated. Yeah. Go give her some love. Tell her how awesome she is and how, how useful this episode's been. <laughs> and check out all her cute, adorable, amazing things that she makes. My goodness, you must have steady hands to make tiny things. Yeah, maybe it's ruining my eyesight though. Oh no! <laughs> Get one of those like monocles you can wear. Like, oh yeah, oh like a jeweler. Is yeah. that what they have? Yeah, it's uh, what are they called? A curie or something? I kind of think that's mm. maybe what they're called. I don't really use them because my eyesight's still okay. But uh, we <laughs> we actually have a massive magnifying uh, light thing, so oh. it's on like like it has its own stand and there's a magnifying uh, big yeah. magnifying glass with a ring light and you can put mm. stuff under that and look through it. Yeah, right. So, that's cool. Handy. Oh, learning all the tips. All of the things. Behind right. The <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Steph, for coming on the show. It's been awesome chatting to you, and I know I'll see you in the circle, and I'm probably going to see you on Instagram, I would say, as well. Thanks heaps, Jess. <laughs> Bye. See you later. <laughs> 
That was so much fun. Uh, as you could tell, we had a great time talking with each other. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode and you've got some fantastic tips to take away and implement on your own Instagram account. And remember, if you want that uh, free downloadable mini course, head on over to the show notes at createandthrive.com. Look for episode 83 and the link will be there to go straight to that and get a hold of Steph's little mini course. She obviously knows what she's talking about. So yeah, go check it out. Uh, Thanks so much for being here as always. And I hope you're having a wonderful November and it's not too stressful. I know this is like super stress time for many of us (laughs) in the handmade community when we get super, super busy. So hopefully you've been happily busy and you're enjoying this time of year. Uh, I will be back next week with yet another episode. But until then, have an awesome week and I'll see you then. Bye for now.